Welcome to the Mike Herndon Show, week three. I am Mike Herndon. I'm joined by our uh, executive producer for this show and director of published content for BroadwaySportsMedia.com, Easton Freeze. Of course, the show itself, part of the Broadway Sports Media Group. Uh, and uh, we're excited to talk a little, uh, well, I, excited may be a strong word. We are going to talk about Titans Bills. <laughs> we, we, we are, in fact, going to speak about the Tennessee Titans today. Our feelings yeah. on that topic are uh, unspoken, whether we're yeah. enjoying this or not. But it is what we're going to do. <laughs> it is it is going to happen one way or another, whether, whether we like it or not. Right. Mike, how's it going this week, man? Are you ready to get into it? We've got a lot of a lot of really interesting things to get into today. Um, we we did a lot. I think this is the most uh, prepared we are for one of these shows coming in. So far, <laughs> we have a lot of topics to get into, and it's very structured. And I think um, in terms of payoff for the the folks that pay to, to get this content, today is an example of the kind of stuff you're going to get for the rest of the year because we've got some really special um, things to get into that I don't think you're going to get anywhere else. So uh, if you're ready, Mike, we can just we can dive into some of these things that we want to talk about. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Let's go. OK, so the first thing that that we were talking about pre-show that you wanted to dive into. Is is just a look back on this Titans team from a roster construction standpoint, um, looking at some bad drafts combined with some bad personnel decisions, how those have led to this roster that's incredibly flawed at least through two weeks you had some thoughts on on what the titans have done over the past couple of years in the personnel department and and why things have gone wrong so far yeah and let, let me couch this first by saying i think john robinson has largely done a really good job as general manager of the titans he is his record speaks for itself five straight uh winning seasons or is it is it six straight now it's six uh, now yeah six straight now um six straight winning seasons uh four playoff appearances two division titles it, that's a really strong record for a guy who came here when when the roster was you know literally like antonio andrews and byron bell and, and guys like that who uh, yeah exactly yeah um so that that being said Robinson has had his fair share of misses and a lot of them extremely obvious and in, in public at this point with Isaiah Wilson. And, uh, you know, you can go back to Kevin Dodd. You can go back to, to Austin Johnson, who, you know, ended up being an NFL player, but not certainly not worthy of a, a high second round pick that, that they took him with. And there are, there are certainly other, other misses, you know, Rashawn Evans was a miss. Right. Uh, Juan Taylor was a miss. Like there, there were, there are many misses that that's true of almost all teams, but what you can't have are these drafts where you just get almost nothing. And, mm -hmm. and I think there's two things at play. So you look at, at this 2020 class and the 2021 class. And as of right now, and look, some of these guys are good football players who are currently injured. And, and that's just part of it, right? The, the injuries are part of it. But if you look at this list of players, the Titans are getting almost nothing out of any of these guys. Okay. Isaiah Wilson, mm. Christian Fulton, who's currently hurt, Darrington Evans uh, off the team, Larell Murchison on the practice squad, Cole McDonald out of the NFL, Chris Jackson uh, on IR now, I think, and was already kind of a fringe roster player. Uh, and then going into 2021, Caleb Farley, who is currently, you know, a backup corner um, as your 19th overall, or I'm sorry, 22nd overall pick um dylan radins 
backup guard at this point uh, with pick 53. Monty Rice, who's on the PUP. Elijah Molden, who's hurt. Des Fitzpatrick on the practice squad. Rashad Weaver, who's playing, you know, and, and giving them something. He's probably giving them the most out of anyone in, in this. He's got to be the highlight there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Racing McMath hurt. Brady Breeze out of the NFL. So that is what eight uh 14 players selected over two draft classes and Rashad Weaver your fourth round defensive end that you took out of uh out of Pitt in 2021 is really the only one that's given you anything so far Fulton will once he gets back healthy and it sounds like he may play this week so you know that that could help a little bit but still if you've only got two guys currently producing out of those two draft classes which should be making up a big core of your roster that's a major problem. And that's, yep. that's why you're seeing guys being shoved into to roles like, you know, Aaron Brewer at left guard who, you know, probably shouldn't be a starting left guard uh, at the NFL level. He's got to play, you know, rookie Nick, Nicholas Petit Frere has to play right away. He's playing pretty well, but the fact that he's having to play at all is, is partially dictated by the fact that they missed on Dylan Radins. Yep. Uh, the fact that you don't have a great left tackle, uh, you know, option on the roster right now. Dylan Radens. So you've got all these kind of snowballing effects of these two basically missing draft classes. And then you combine that with, if you look at the list from John Robinson's first two classes, so 2016 and 2017. Better classes. Much better classes, much better draft classes. Got good NFL players, but for reasons whether correct or incorrect right didn't retain many of these guys so jack conklin you know now playing for the browns look conklin's hurt all the time he's hurt all the time and i i don't think you want to pay him that contract but the fact that you drafted him and couldn't retain him like what this team is missing to me are guys that are in their like 26 to 29 year old primes right now and those would be guys that came from this class Mm -hmm. derrick henry Kevin Byard are, are kind of the two guys from this class that, uh, you know, from this 2016 class. And then there's nobody uh, left from the 2017 class that's still on the roster besides Corey Levin, who's gone away and come back multiple times. Right. Uh, and is, you know, a very friend roster guy. Anyways, it, you know, you got two guys out of that class, those two classes that are still on the roster at this point you know, we're six years down the road. Those should be, you know, your leaders, your, your core players. You would like to see them retain some of these guys. And look, I, you know, if you look through the guys that were successes out of those classes, we already mentioned Conklin, Corey Davis was, it's, he was a bust relative to fifth overall. He's right. not a bad NFL player. And then he's also been hurt with the Jets. So like, I get like, you probably didn't want to pay him that contract, but would it be nice to have him right now? Yeah, it, it would. Um, Adoree Jackson, same thing. Yeah, he got hurt and was very frustrating that one year. He's been a really good NFL quarter. He's he's been fantastic for the Giants since he got there. And you know, Giants riders are all starting to talk up him as a potential Pro Bowl all pro kind of corner. So hey, good draft pick. Um, you know, this is the guy that they hoped that he would turn into, but the fact that you didn't retain him is a problem because now you've got Caleb Farley. You've got, you know, Roger McCreary having to play right away as a rookie. You've got issues at corner, you know, and we thought corner might be a strength coming in this yep. year and injuries have obviously hurt that. 
But I saw this on on Twitter just just before we started filming about Adoree Jackson in his last ten games, almost four hundred coverage snaps, thirty six targets, thirteen catches, less than a hundred yards allowed, one touchdown allowed, an interception, five passes batted down or, or broken up, thirty six percent catch rate, and two point seven yards per target. That's a stud corner. Yeah, that's crazy. That's that's top of the league stuff, and, and that is he showed that in flashes here too. Like he he had stretches uh i think particularly the end of 2019 that season right before he was hurt and it was the the end season right he was exactly. he was coming into that year the talk was okay you got a cornerback one what what else do you got exactly and so not being able to retain him not being able to retain johnny smith you know johnny smith mm-hmm. hasn't done a ton in new england but did turn into a good nfl player got paid a bunch of money you know even guys like Jayon brown you, you know I get why they didn't bring him back. David Long kind of supplanted him, but still, you know, these are the kind of guys that that should be making up the core of your roster between those two draft classes that it didn't end up being retained, um, that were good picks. They just didn't end up being resigned. And then the two draft classes where you just seem to miss on almost everyone. That's a lot of missing pieces. I mean, really, you know, Harold Landry from 2018. And then the 2019 class, which we all know is is just chock full of studs. Mm-hmm. Those are the the only things keeping this team afloat right now. Right, um, you know it, it is ugly outside of that right now. So, you know, I think 2022, you know, all signs point to that is is off to a really good start. Traylon Burks is playing well. McCurry's playing well. NPF is playing well. Willis showed flashes. Haskins has been fine um Oconquo Phillips like there, there's some exciting pieces there mm-hmm. um that may end up being another 2019 which could help you know buoy this team in the future but right now they're all rookies and, and asking those guys to contribute a lot partially is because of what they've been doing the last few years and on a talent acquisition standpoint so it is definitely those chickens coming home to roost uh for for this team as a whole and it, you know I can understand people being frustrated with John Robinson over that. And and he deserves blame for uh, some of the issues that they're having right now. In fact, I'd say he deserves the lion's share of the blame uh, despite, you know, the frustrations over Todd Downing and, and, you know, there's some coaching stuff too, but, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, Right. But I think it's, I think it's fascinating. It's that's the double-edged sword there, right? Because there's been a lot of talk this year about how the Titans getting a lot of, contribution out of their rookie draft class already that can be a good thing um it it indicates great things about the trajectory that that class is on but also you don't necessarily want all your rookies to be contributing in a big way out of the gate really great teams don't have a ton of rookie contribution out of the gate typically um it's it's interesting that you know we we talk about these holes and they're certainly there do you think some of these problems looking at this year in particular, you know, what what the Titans are left with, given what we what we just went back and recapped from their their past couple of years of, of back and forth drafting? Do you see these issues as fundamental um, or do you you see them as just a matter of certain players needing to develop and get better in a hurry? I guess my question is. Are these issues that are chronic is it a is it a death sentence for this team in this season or is it a matter of 
these are issues that they're going to have to find a way to fix with some of the players that they have. And that's going to be, you know, on the backs of these players to just get better quickly. Yeah, I think it's, I think they have some, some real issues because at the end of the day, this team is built, especially offensively to be a run first football team and for better or worse. And I know like everybody hates that, you know, the Titans are a run first football team. It is how they're built. They they're yep. built around Derrick Henry and, and they're built around letting their quarterback make simple defined reads off of play action. And that's what they, that's what they had, you know, the, what the fourth best offense in the league a couple of years ago um, with, that was what the, the foundation of that was. So, it's not that that can't work. It's that that can't work if you can't run the ball. And, <laughs> yeah. and they yeah. are it's in the really title. If you're a run first team, you have to be able to run. That's a, yeah. it's a pretty fundamental part of it. That is pretty much step one. You know, hey, can you run the ball? Okay, <laughs> yeah. okay cool. Then no, you can be a run first run offense. The way. Um, so I, I think it's unless they can find a way. And look, they and Henry has always been a slow starter like all virtually every year of his career he has been a slow starter and the offensive line under Keith Carter has generally taken some time to gel and by the end of the year they're generally steamrolling guys and and running the football that's fine and that that may play out this year a little bit but you're gonna have to do it without Taylor Lewan. um you're gonna have what Dennis Daly and Aaron Brewer is the left side of your offensive line that's going to be a problem. Like, look, yep. those guys may end up playing okay by the end of the year. It's going to be a problem in the short term. And, you know, God forbid there's another injury to that group. They are out of quality options. Um, it will really, they didn't have quality options to yeah. begin with. It's Dylan Raiden step on up. Pretty yeah, much. And, and Raiden's is, is kind of your last, your last uh, potential guy. You can throw vestige in. of hope. Yeah. Well, remotely okay about um so it is it is getting pretty grim on the offensive line and if they can't block for derrick henry and if henry can't turn it on i think henry's got his own issues i i think he's struggled with vision a little bit early i think he's missing some holes he's missing some opportunities he doesn't look like he's got the burst that we're used to seeing um not that he's had a ton of opportunities like Look, I know that all the stats he's been getting hit behind the line more often than anything. It's been frustrating to try to evaluate him so far because it really hasn't been a a fair uh, slate to – you feel like you can't fairly evaluate him based on what we've seen so far. And he's he's the kind of back that he just needs a clean runway. You know, that that is part of the the Derrick Henry experience is if you give him a clean runway, you're going to have a good time. Um and he can make your blocks. He can make your blocks look better than than maybe they were, as long mm-hmm. as you're not allowing instant penetration. But as soon as you start getting the instant penetration, he is. There's nothing special about him. That there. has always been his superpower, right? All yeah. all you have to do with Derrick Henry is allow him to get about five steps in without being touched. That's all you have to do, and then he does the rest for you. But yeah. when you aren't able to do that, he turns back into a pumpkin. Exactly, and and you know if. If you're going to have a really bad offensive line, um, you know, you would rather have a back like Saquon Barkley, who exactly. is capable of making guys miss in the backfield and creating something from nothing, even when there's chaos. You know, Derrick Henry does not thrive well in chaos. He needs lanes. He needs to be able to get going downhill and then, you know, turn those shoulders to the line of scrimmage and run through people. And that's, you know, something that I yeah, they haven't been able to do consistently yet. I mean, the Giants, they ran the ball okay 
uh, in the Giants game overall. But yeah, the Bills game, absolutely nothing. There, there was nothing coming. Uh, the Bills, and part of that, the Bills had zero fear of the Titans passing game. None. And they shouldn't have. Uh, the way that their corners played against the Titans wide receivers, they were all pressed up all night long. And they didn't have any fear whatsoever that those guys were going to just run by them and beat them. And well, even more than that, they had no fear that, that Ryan Tannehill would be given enough time for those plays to develop downfield. Exactly. And that's part of that too. And, and, and if you look at, you turn around, you look at the way the Titans defended Josh Allen and the bills, obviously a totally different offense, but Titans corners were terrified of Stefan Diggs. And so scared. Is, and that is why he had so many catches for five, six, seven yards. And they could almost take that five yard stop route anytime they wanted it because the corners were bailing out before the snap even came yep. every single time. And all these easy access throws just made it so easy for the bills to stay in a rhythm and march down the field. And look, I get it. Like Trey Avery should be terrified of Stefan Diggs. He should be. And the, you know, Stefan Diggs showed it later on why he should have been. And, uh, but you know, like when you don't have the personnel, when you don't have the answers uh, to threaten a defense, you know, they're able to just pin their ears back and come downhill at everything. And and that makes it really hard to play offense. Yeah. Um, so it's almost one of those things. It's a catch 22. Like the better you are, uh, the harder you are to defend because people are scared of you and they give you all these easy layups uh, that, that you can just sit there and take and take and take until you wait for something to break open deep. Um, whereas when they have no fear of, of you beating them deep and punishing them, you're, they're going to blitz you. They're going to, you know, come downhill. They're going to press you up on the outside. They, they, like they're going to be, uh, they're going to play all the defense, all the defensive schemes that everyone loves to see defenses play because, hey, why not? Like, what's what's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to throw a 50 50 ball to Traylon Burks, you know? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Mike, I want to get into the rest of the, the topics we want to get into today. And we have quite a bit to discuss, a lot of ground to cover. However, if you are listening to this show, in podcast form on any of our Broadway sports media podcast networks, uh, you know, flagship shows, then this is the end of the road for you, unfortunately. And you need to go to broadwaysportsmedia.com and become a Broadway insider to get the full video or audio show available to you. This is a show in its entirety for insiders only. We have a, a ton to talk about. We're about to talk about Mike thinks that this coaching staff, especially the offensive coaching staff, deserves a little bit more patience then we're giving them. And, and that's a certainly not super popular take right now. And I think you, you'll be interested to hear his reasoning on that. We're also going to get into whether or not we're overreacting a little bit to this Titans team. And if things had gone a little differently, would we be feeling differently about this, this team as a whole, as well as where does the team go from here, both in this season and uh, beyond this season. And then we've got a couple of interesting things to get into with some college football topics that Mike wants to get into at the end of the show before we, of course, end with our Mike Drop segment where Mike lays out his hottest take of the week before we get out of here. All of that is available to you and more if you become a Broadway insider today for just 99 cents for your first month. If you use the code insider when you sign up, you can get access to the entirety of the Mike Herndon show, early access to articles, premium articles that are just for insiders. Uh, there's a, a handful of things all laid out for you on the site that you can check out only if you're a Broadway insider. So go go become one. It's just the cost of a, a trip to Starbucks a month to get all of this great stuff. And it helps us keep the lights on. So we appreciate you guys. For those of you listening on podcast, we will see you next week.